Welcome to episode number 177 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We are recording September the 18th, 2022. My name is Eric, host of the show, based in Southern Ontario, hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, and computer geek. As a first responder, witnessed the over-reliance on emergency services and started a small preparedness company to help people get better prepared for at least 72 hours, if not longer. My name is Ian. I'm a social media pariah on Vancouver Island. Who are you? Yeah, that's, that's me. Uh, I'm Alan. I may or may not be Ian. I'm a safety trainer, first responder, security expert, and overall safety nurse. Sound a little different tonight, Alan. It's the modulator. You sure, it's not a, you sure it's not a stand-in? Hmm. Just a voiceover, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm Jeff. I'm based in central Ontario. I'm a target shooter, ham radio operator, general overall handyman, and weather nerd. Uh, I'm Greg. I'm in Southeast Georgia. I'm a former Army infantryman, uh, avid prepper, and whiskey enthusiast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Josh. I live in the U.S., and I'm still in the Army Guard as a 60, UH-60 crew chief. I started life as a Marine. Don't ever forget that. And I've been in about 14 years. Awesome. <clears throat> Well, if you want to help support the show and keep the Canadian Prepper Podcast on the air, you can buy some swag. We've got both the Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt and the tactical Velcro patch available at prepperpodcast.ca. Uh, all the help, all the help, all the proceeds help keep the lights on and the backup generator fueled. All right. If you're enjoying the show, please take a few minutes and like us on Facebook and submit a review on iTunes. Also, we want your feedback, good or bad, or if there's just a topic you want us to cover. You can email us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. All right, so we've got some predatory content for you in this episode. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, we're going to start off with some recent news articles that will update you on our personal preps, and then we'll get into the main topic, uh, everyday carry for uh, your hunting setup. So let's move into the news. Uh, so I found this one pretty interesting. It's uh, an article, this particular one's from Global News. Uh, again, I do seek out the most offensive um, news sources possible. Um, the EU, so the European Union, no longer considers Hungary to be a democracy. I think we talked about that last week. I'm not sure whether it was on the air or just in our, uh, just in our private off-air chat. But um, now they're actually cutting off the, uh, the funding or the, the share, the, 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 social, the social aspects of socialism mm -hmm. from, uh, from the rest of the EU into Hungary. So that's, uh, that's interesting. They're, uh, they're kind of cutting ties with, the, uh, with this prime minister who... Uh, is looking more and more like a dictator because apparently socialism is the answer for everything, <laughs> despite it never actually working. Well, they weren't towing the line, and Viktor Orban's been in office for what a dozen years, and now he's a problem because yeah. he's actually like uh, bucking the trend, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then another, a second article here uh, from the National Post again. I, I look for the inflammatory, uh, inflammatory content. The uh, we all know the benefits of walking. We've had entire episodes about that. Uh, which is cool, but now they're they're kind of diving a little deeper into it and saying that you know ten thousand steps a day is good, but if you walk like eight thousand steps a day at a higher, like a faster rate, which increases your heart rate a little bit more, it's actually better for you. So uh, it's an interesting study that uh, just keeps reiterating the fact that getting out and moving is excellent. So you're telling me those guys in the '80s that were like you know using the hand weights and short shorts and doing the speed walking were right all the time, all along type of thing. Um. <laughs> It doesn't necessarily need to be the short shorts, but uh, the rest of it, yes. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I, I have to say, the shorter the shorts, the, mo the more tactical you are. 
very, very <laughs> it, true. It is. That's why you look it at your special forces, for your rangers, all that good stuff. The key is to look as homosexual as possible, <laughs> and that means you are extremely deadly. You're fierce. Exactly. Because nobody's gonna shit. nobody's gonna like mess with the guy whose junk's about to fall out. Let's be honest. <laughs> so Rhodesian bush shorts, that's the way to go, is what you're saying. That's it. That's no, it. All right, go on Amazon or Google Google Ranger panties. Get you yeah, them. I got the flag <laughs> ones. I got the flag <laughs> ones. <laughs> Ouch. All right. Uh, as for myself, I got an article about India. They restricted their rice exports due to a bad crop and I guess a little bit of flooding. Obviously, Pakistan had way worse uh, flooding, but uh, India still got some as well. They export rice to 150 countries and provide, I think, it's a third of the world's rice supply, and they just halted all rice exports. So put that in your back pocket. It's harvest time. Or your Mylar bag or wherever. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> or a Mylar bag or yeah, some sort of storage unit anyway. Um, and, of course, we've been harping about this for, what, three years now, that uh, you know economic downturns are coming, but... Uh, you know it's bad when the J.P. Morgan CEO comes out and says, we're about to experience something worse than a recession. I'm like, I guess he doesn't want to drop the D word, and not the dirty D word. I'm saying like the depression word. But mm-hmm. anyway, but uh, yeah, so there's a Fortune article here. It says, uh, yeah, Jamie Dimon's actually kind of concerned. So it, it's gone mainstream. Is it depression or is it oppression? Well, yes. potato, <laughs> potato, potato, a little column A, a little column B. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Potato French fry, it's all the same. It's yeah. French fries. <laughs> That's all I got. <clears throat> well, I've got a couple uh, kind of relating. Oh, sorry. He was just chirping, that's all. Nothing important. Okay. Uh, kind of relating to uh, my weather nerdness. Uh, there's a rare tropical storm right now that uh, has lashed Alaska. Uh, caused a whole bunch of uh, shoreline damage and... Um, some flash flooding and stuff uh, inside, uh, more in, in the central area of Alaska. Didn't get uh, south as far as I know into BC or anything, but um, it's pretty rare and uh, did a fair bit of damage. There's a link in there. I know it's from CNN. Just just calm your cool, cool your jets. So like it's four just, people were mildly inconvenienced by this? I thought you were going to say four people actually watched the C or read the CNN article. I don't know, but uh, judging by that. No, no, no. I, I think that's overestimating. But. I was just about to say, I probably just upped their, uh, their readership by about 150%. So. <laughs> yeah. I, even, the, even though I can see Alaska from my house, pretty much like Sarah Palin can see Russia from hers. But uh, yeah, no, honestly, we had nothing here at all. It was kind of I'd weird. I'd just like to see Sarah Palin. Well, not bad, not bad. <laughs> kind of guilty. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yesterday, don't pretend you're not old enough, Ian. <laughs> so I said. Uh, sorry. Yeah. So yesterday, uh, Taiwan was hit with a 6.9 magnitude earthquake. Uh, they did issue a tsunami warning for the shores of Japan, but uh, luckily, nothing really came out of it. Um, haven't really heard a lot of reports of extensive damage. There, there was some damage and some knockdown buildings. Of course, they don't, I think, have uh, building standards like we do. But um, yeah, just uh, and it, to be honest, it really didn't get much media attention either. Kind of shocking, but yeah, this is the only place that I do like media. So 
all, all usually they'll do like humanitarian stuff. notes on that kind of stuff, but I didn't, yeah. I haven't seen anything either come across the military side yet. Yeah, it's interesting because I mean they get uh, the typhoons and the the earthquakes on the on the regular, so I mean maybe this isn't a big deal for them uh, as much as you know the average country that doesn't get hit that often. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, no, I haven't heard anything about it either. Uh, I'm going to uh, jump back into, before we get too far, I'm going to jump into one of the, yep. the notes already here from uh, Jessica. Uh, I was mentioning that Greg wore these on the 4th of July running at the Canadian border. Uh, Jessica, we're going to need pictures of that. Uh, I remember yes. all pictures didn't happen. Um, I got so I got you. Let's uh, let's make that happen. Maybe not on the air because we don't want to get banned. Oh, oh, but, okay. Uh, yeah. but you can email us at feedback at foreverpodcast.ca or hit us up in the Discord and we'll uh, we'll take a look at that. Absolutely, we will. <laughs> All right, let's move into what we've done lightly for preps. So I uh, finally got back to uh, doing some work on my uh, Faraday box. Uh, it's kind of been sitting stagnant for a couple of months, so. I thought I'd better get back at it before that uh, four-letter swear word hits here, a.k.a. snow. So I thought I would get that done. Um, Good word. Yeah. I helped a uh, fellow co-worker uh, finish getting some of her firewood in for the season. She had to have surgery on her wrist, so she's kind of laid up. And I did a quick chimney inspection uh, prior to uh, lighting my fire for the first time. I haven't, but just uh, do a quick inspection, make sure there's been no damage over the the summer like it wasn't hit by a tree branch or some other damage so that's about it for me oh very nice uh for myself i know this is going to be shocking it's ham radio related so just so everybody's <laughs> forewarned i've uh, got my mobile hf uh, setup uh, dialed in a lot nicer than it was um, had a couple of microphones for my mobile rigs uh, modified by a ham operator in the states that actually uh, specializes in modifying the hand mics for the uh, specific model that I've got, which is the uh, the Zygu 6100 and the 5105. Uh, got them back. Way, way, way better audio. Uh, it's working fantastic now. So they're kind of my main go-to uh, portable systems. If I do have to go somewhere, they uh, they usually come along. So it's nice to get them all dialed in. I goofed around with my uh, base station here at the house Uh and got the audio all set up to actually come through the boom mic here that you see on the screen that I use for uh, podcasting. So now I can uh, transmit with uh, with this microphone. So it's kind of nice. I don't have to uh, push anything or do anything to make it uh, transmit. So it's a nice little change. I've been trying to get that work for quite a while and finally got her to work. Uh, quick update or upgrade on the, uh, the HF rig here as well. So a little uh, audio recording chip in there so I can record things and play them back automatically on loop if I want for uh, for reasons. And uh, then cleaned out the truck, getting it all ready for, uh, yeah, that four-letter uh, four swear word snow that's coming. It's, uh, it's coming quick. So she's all cleaned out and getting her ready to go for the winter. We get a lot of that here in Georgia. Yeah, so where's the band button? <laughs> Greg, just, okay. <laughs> I, think he, I, I think he came out just to try to get kicked off. Maybe. <laughs> it, but it's really is, about goals in life. We haven't worked point. out the uh, the code phrases for the HF yet, so you can't even like re- pre-record your chairs against the wall loop, you know, to send out because we don't know what it means yet. We have to like. Well, maybe I'll it. just loop chairs against the wall over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And John has a long mustache, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could do that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Right, right now it just loops CQ, CQ, CQ. You know, but. Um, Oh, I thought Eventually. it was CGN, CGN, CGN. Well, we were doing that, but it worked obviously, so I can re- I can erase that one now. <laughs> yeah, 
it's fair enough. Actually, if you did CQ, CQ, CQ over and over again, it'd probably be like a beaver with running water. Like you just probably drive some poor sad ham nuts because he'd be keep, keep on trying to respond to you. <laughs> if you leave enough of a gap in between the re- recordings, they'd probably just like, yeah, go right off the deep end. Anyway, yeah, it's true. As uh, for myself, new, new project. There you go. Life goals. <laughs> uh, so despite the fact that I've been gone for like, what, four weeks? Something like that. Sorry, who are you? Exactly. I new have panelist, aren't you? Weeks. Surprisingly, yeah, not not a whole lot of preps done. Um, changing jobs all, at work. All CGN, huh? Yeah, not a single deal on G- CGN. Not a single one. Like, wow. Well, you've changed. Why are you even here? I no. know. You didn't, you didn't prep anything. You didn't do any CGN deals. <laughs> yeah, you didn't split any firewood. Oh, Why no. I, oh, 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 oh. No, don't, go, don't get carried away now. So, uh, yeah, I did actually do some firewood splitting. As a matter of fact, I did that yesterday and today. So uh, I yesterday was using the chop saw to do the 16-inch lengths for, you know, medium-sized logs and, and branches, and I managed to break the chop, chop saw completely with metal fatigue, and it just literally flipped back up and went, kept on going and went right over the deep end there and, and kind of split in half. So tested to failure, and it's like a, it was a 40-year-old chop saw, and I think I got it for 30 bucks, but yeah, it's gone now. So uh, that was the last, it was like really within a couple branches of being the last of the year. So the firewood has been split for next year already for this year. Uh, so I'm a year ahead of things, which is good. Um, finished a fuel rotation. Uh, see, as you can see, I'm in a new location here for the camera. Uh, this is just yeah. the beginnings of a new office slash reloading room. Uh, it is so new that the paint, I can't even put up anything up against the wall yet because the paint still has to cure. So uh did the closet today and everything um it's real awkward when your kid needs to move back in <laughs> no no it's it's gonna be great because they're gonna have to like sleep out in one of the chicken coops or something um speaking of which we have to pour one out for the big black cock uh yeah mm. unfortunately uh yeah my my black rooster died so i yeah, read that really differently in the show notes <laughs> yeah. yeah it's amazing how that works yeah so unfortunately even though he was uh he was like the the patriarch of the, the all the chickens and did, did his job really well, keeping away the hawks and everything else. He was with us for seven years, but he yeah, he finally moved on to the great big coop in the sky. So that was that. Uh, but yeah, so like I mentioned, changing jobs, which has kept me away from the show here, uh, changing bases with the jobs, and moving my daughters to a second new apartment, meaning my alternate bug out location in Vancouver is uh, set up now. Uh, did a couple of range trips, a little bit of camping with the girls, and you know, uh, pseudo range trips involved with that. Wild blackberries just finished up for the harvest. Uh, did a hay run for the animals for the winter. Just finished winterizing the splitter and doing a Jenny run like an hour ago. Um, emptying out the two of the three chainsaws for the winter just so that the carp doesn't sit there with gas in it all, all winter. And uh, last minute painting to keep my dreaded four-letter word away, which is rain uh, and rust. So that's so did you it. buy did you buy your hay, Ian, or did you do you harvest it yourself off your farm or? Oh yeah, no, it's just a pile of rocks where I live, so there's no way we're getting hay off this. So uh, right down the road, there's actually a guy who has a chicken farm and a hay farm, and uh, yeah, we have a good deal going. I sold him a bunch of duck meat a little while ago, so we kind of worked up a relationship going. So I get a good deal on that, and then I just went down and picked up. Uh, since we're down to like ten or two alpacas, ten bales will do us for the winter now, so it's pretty cheap. And two okay, because uh, somebody time. somebody had put it on um, on the Discord about how actually cheap hay was. Uh, out east, it was like thirty bucks for a, a huge round bale. Um, somebody just around the corner from me had one up, bunch of them up, and they were only asking forty bucks for the big, huge round bale. So I don't know why the price has gone down. They used to be sixty or seventy bucks. 
Yeah, no, it's uh, it was relatively cheap here too. I just do the thirty pound uh, square bales just because they're easier to stack and maneuver around on the on the uphill farm. But um, yeah, no, I got a really good deal on them, so it was, it was pretty good. But yeah, that's for, for me. So as, as much fun as it might be to keep KP in the dark, there we're talking about a rooster. <laughs> I, I did mention the fact it was a black rooster. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Just the, the, there's a lot, maybe a lot. So we are in fact talking about a rooster. I, I am fairly sure that the YouTube algorithm is going to have the exact same reaction as KP. Yeah. <laughs> well, so and, that's why, big... and that's why Ian's not allowed on the show so much anymore. Nope. So we had, we had a big black hawk on the acreage that, you know, everybody liked to pet. And, you know, my wife liked to cuddle now and then. And, you know, like he was hand raised. And, you know, he just, he was, he was a fixture around here. We really he even made him. an appearance on the podcast. Yeah, he we, was on we the like, podcast. Yeah, we like petting the cock. It was, it was pretty yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's a great episode. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be one of those nights. Yeah. Uh, and so you, you won't find us on Facebook or YouTube anymore. It'll just be on the website. <laughs> your podcast yes, app until we manage to get banned so, so for episode 178, look for us on tour. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely been talking to my wife about getting chickens and roosters on one property because you can do the, you can use what they, they eat scraps, they produce chicken poop and you can use it as fertilizer so it's a it's an evolution and it's genius and i just now have found out about this but it's one of those things it's like i'm coming into winter i need to wait till next year to actually get it started well i mean you, know, you can also pick up like chickens on the cheap generally in fall time because people want to like you know flip thin out the, the herd so to speak yeah. and uh so if you're interested i mean yeah you can usually get a couple hens and a rooster and then you know nature will take its course in spring and you'll have a bunch of baby chickens running around mm. uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's good to, instead of having a green bin, we just have the chickens, right? Like between that and the alpacas and the dogs, we don't throw anything out. Yeah, they, it's all, come, it's all waste to them. They eat it. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're pigs with feathers. They really are. They will pretty much eat anything <laughs> up, up to including cooked chicken. They will. So pigs are a whole nother level. You have to ask Hillary Clinton about that. What? Yeah, we, we had a farmer. <laughs> the same thing, so. uh, yeah. <laughs> there went another one getting suicided. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hell YouTube it's been great yeah. <laughs> Facebook we'll see you next time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right Alan uh, I don't even know how to follow that um, <laughs> we uh, we made some butternut squash soup um, put uh, can about six liters of that so that's going to keep us keep us going for a while um, about ten meals worth of cabbage rolls today and another five liters or so of tomato sauce out of the garden. <laughs> Tomatoes out of the garden to into sauce. Um, also harvested some bell peppers, some jalapenos, and more cherry tomatoes than can be counted. Uh, so I'm taking some of those to work tomorrow to give away because we've got, like, they're like gremlins after you get them wet. Like, there's just so many of them. Um, this past couple of weeks, I've been working lots, and my job, I think I've mentioned before, is now like a, almost, a, almost three hours of driving every day back and forth. Um, and so I haven't had a lot of time to do things around the house and I've been getting kind of taking a deeper dive into my studies as I, as I at college now that I'm 40, it's probably a good time for me to go get a degree. So, um, that's about it for me. I've been getting smarter. Well, that's, that's really, all I got. Hey, Josh, I really haven't done much. I got more, I got two more boxes of MREs. And everybody's like, oh, MREs, MREs. But hey, 
if you can pick them up, I'm doing air quotes right now, cheap, uh, I grab them because they're still quick, easy to grab. And since we're on hunting, you could take one in the woods with you if you plan on spending all day out there, even though they are like 3,000 calories or something like that, and that's all you need for one, you split it up. Um, I got what a I cot. Do. Yeah, I mean, you, you field prep them, field dress them, or mm-hmm. field, field strip them, and uh, you can have three meals and one one MRE, which is yeah. 1,000 calories per meal, 3,000 calories in a day, plus your hiking, whatever you're doing yeah. hunting. It's, it's awesome to have. Uh, I, I acquired a cot um, for recreational purposes mainly, but I thought about same. it at the same point. Like I can leave it in my truck, and I always have a place that's off the ground because the ground the ground absorbs so much heat from you if you get stuck out in the woods or something like that or stuck on the side of the road, whatever. Um, it, it's definitely a, a thing. And then my well water, because where I'm at, I have well water. I don't have city water, thank God. Um, but uh, clean my water filtration system uh, because no matter what, I have backup power, so I'll always have well water uh, and, and be able to do that supply for the family and, and, and kids. So it's pretty much about it. Working kind of takes a lot of time. Well, at least you got something done, right? Yeah. Uh, I worked on developing some new skills, worked on some metalworking, woodworking projects, uh, just really played around since I started my new job uh, with the Forestry Commission. Uh, So I've just been doing a whole lot of computer training, stuff like that. So it's just kind of been do what I can uh, with the hours I'm given at this point. Uh, Got to address my buddy here in the comments. Not so green salad. Hey, Sally. Uh, he he was in my unit. Um, I heard that about you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we went, been doing some hiking, stuff like that. Uh, did a little fat wood prep for a camping trip next weekend. So really just little, little things here and there for me right now. Very nice. Well, that, how about we move into the main topic of the show? Shall we? All right. I guess I was the, uh, the first into the notes. So uh, I'll go first here. Uh, I didn't really want to talk about hunting tools per se, because then we get into the, you know, the age old debates of, you know, what's the best uh, grouse gun or whatever and anything else. So like skipping the weapons and ammo. But, yeah, and then Greg just jumps in and makes us all sad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, Greg's, you know, Greg's answer is all of them. So Mitch, Mitch, <laughs> Don't worry, Mitch. guys. I got one for everybody in the, on the <laughs> on the panel. And he'll mention that he takes a pistol into the bush and all that stuff. Just yeah. make us angry. So yeah. anyway, uh, but that being said, no matter what you're doing with hunting, you're going to be playing with something that's going to uh, it's designed to induce bleeding in animals, including humans. Oh. So generally you're going to want to have a tourniquet because uh, as Andrew from the other podcast used to say, you will be exsanguinated in about two to three minutes. If you have an arterial, arterial bleed, I'm sure Alan can uh, back me up on that one. Um, two so yeah, this is a long time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So even faster, of course. Yeah. But uh, so tourniquet with, and then know how to use one, you know, that'd be a good uh, idea. Wait a minute. Are you suggesting <laughs> that we know how to use our equipment? Yeah. It's so weird. Uh, maybe maybe yeah, even idea. Maybe even a better idea with a tourniquet is actually unwrap it too, so you don't have to sit there and worry about that tight wrap plastic that you have to get yep. off of it. I thought you always just YouTube something when you needed it right then and there. You oh, right. Oh, oh, right. Uh, Especially when you're at a cell service too. It's like, ah, I need to know how to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
yeah, Chad Sturry going to be able to sell servers. So that's another whole issue there as well. But yeah, so tourniquets was the first thing I thought of. Uh, second, of course, I think Eric had the same ideas is paperwork because let's face it. Uh, I'd rather not lose my firearms license because we don't have a 2A up here uh, because I didn't bring my proper you know permission slips from the government. So that includes hunting licenses, your firearms license, your tags, everything else. Only because, uh, not that I really believe in permission slips from the government per se, but that is the law of the land for now until yeah. the zombie apocalypse. Whether I believe in it or not, I believe in staying in jail so much more. So. <laughs> exactly. So. Not that bad. Jail. Three hots and a cot, you'll be all right. And plus, uh, you're a super guy, you can help people. And I heard you. I heard you get to like hang out with you know cool people and you know yeah. I don't know do pull yeah. ups under the stairs whenever you want. I mean, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, you know, you still get there like five yeah. degrees and no no ability to get a job. Perfect. Radios because Eric's here. Oh hey hey. Uh, and not even so much uh, UV5Rs per se, but, uh, hmm. you know, even a couple of FRSs or anything, just anything that's going to help you coordinate your one guy pushing the bush towards, the pushing the wildlife towards you, hopefully. And, you yeah. know, communication so you know is key. Yeah, you don't want to, like, shoot at something that just rustles in the bush randomly at the best of times. Uh, but, you know, it's it always could nice be fun. to let it them know that you're arriving, you know, in, in front it's of It's coming for us. Kill it. Is it <laughs> Jeff coming out my way or is it somebody else? Well,. Yeah, just but also it. like coordinated radios. Don't just show up with your yeah. own FRS. Yeah. And like hopefully somebody else has the same style. Make sure you coordinate that before. Yeah. So on, on that topic, just to step in right quick. Like hey, go for a it. lot of a lot of people think that oh like me personally, like Eric, you know my stance on ham radio license in the States. Um yep. but it, it it's one of those things like I can still take it in the woods with me. And if I have no cell service, I am then legally authorized to operate that thing without a ham, without a ham radio license to get help because yep. Yep. it's an emergency situation. So it, it's still it's still beneficial even without the ham license. And like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty hard to find a place where you can't get uh, a repeater. Uh, you know, I guess with all the mountains around, with all the repeaters sitting on top of them, you're probably going to be able to hit a repeater no problem with uh, even a UV five R decent antenna. So yeah, I mean, it never hurts for an emergency purpose. For yeah, sure, no, hundred percent. There's there's regulation in Canada as well as the states that allows you to transmit in emergent situations. Uh, again, it boils down to your comfort level and knowing how to actually do that. Um, that's the fun part. That's where it gets interesting. Knowing how to set the radio up, how to actually find that repeater, uh, how to actually transmit on it. That's the that's the fun part. But if you're comfortable doing that, then yeah, regulations allow you to do it in an emergency situation. Absolutely. I thought you just put in nine one one for the frequency. <laughs> you do that. You do that. See how it works for you. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> just pick a frequency and transmit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Throw it out fine. there. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> I did uh, mention a knife, but that's a, a multi-branched top topic as well. But uh, well, obviously, yeah, I don't recommend bringing like a two-dollar, you know, more a knife or whatever with you. I want something that's actually sharp and either holds an edge or the ability to sharpen it up as you go. Uh, even a disposable razor blade in this case for for addressing the animal because yeah. uh, when you, besides the gross, you can just step on the wings and give it a yank. Uh, when you actually get a deer or something like that, you're going to want to process it in the bush so you don't have to carry the guts out mm -hmm. and you know have the meat go bad on you. So yeah, have a decent quality knife uh, and not just for survival purposes. Yep. It's for operator blames his tools. Yeah, well, I think this is one time you don't want to cheap out on a knife for what you're bringing with you on an EDC basis because. Mm -hmm. No, no, never cheap out on a knife. There are few, there are few things in life that are worth it. Your bed, your shoes, and your knife are all are all worth investing. That's true. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Words That's of wisdom. There. 
Yeah. I was always taught you spend money on your bed and your shoes because you spend most of your time in one or the other. I'll throw a knife in on that because when you really need it, you really need it. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, we yep. we got to start having more conversations with Greg because he, he eliminates a couple of those and puts whiskey in place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll bring, you bring the whiskey, I'll bring the shoes, everything will be fine. And the whiskey's Who's bringing the be, knife? Yeah, well, after you take the shot. Everybody. everybody. <laughs> yes. Pour the whiskey. Yeah, yeah so uh, I just also had matches and lighter uh, so you can, you know, have a smoke <laughs> while you're bleeding out and, uh, you know, you know. <laughs> All the important things. <laughs> also, obviously, to keep warm. Because, uh, for example, like uh, a lot of my friends in Alberta, when they go hunting during their season, it's usually minus 20 out. So when you do get that deer, the first thing yep. they do before they even touch the animal is start a fire because they want to actually mm-hmm. keep warm while they, they dress the animal. Because when I was doing it in northern Saskatchewan in the middle of winter as well, it was like minus 40. And, yeah, that's the first thing we did. We, we tagged a couple of caribou and start a fire because you're going to need it over the course of the next couple hours. That's actually a really good point because most will get really excited about about getting the animal or filling their tag or however you want to put it. And then, yeah, you get halfway through processing it and now you're freezing. Because your adrenaline calms down. Yep. Well, you get all that that nice hot blood on you for a while and then all of a sudden you pull pull your hands out and Mm -hmm, then you're like, oh, those are actually kind of cold now. It's not so hot anymore, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You just climb inside of it, right? Well, you're telling, you're, Star Wars? you're telling me the Star Wars was inaccurate, and I can't crawl into the body of an al- of an animal and stay warm for the night. Well, I mean, I do, they, they do smell worse <laughs> on the inside. I will agree with that part. Yeah, that I'm yeah. sure is true. Ace Ventura yeah. did it with a rhino. No work. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Uh, well, you just do you, Alan, and let us know how it worked. Out. <laughs> My problem is I'm bigger than most animals. So. <laughs> I'm crawling in much of anything. Same here. You can just wear like a, wear like a, a, I guess a, a headdress or something. You can just put like the animals oh, yeah, over top of yours and yeah. throw it jumpily around my shoulders for, for warmth. <laughs> what is it? Like 70, the neck I heard. 70% of your heat's lost through your head? Cover your head? <laughs> there you Spe- go. There speaking you go. of which, yeah, oh. I, I, I had two on the list because... Oh. Uh, and not just any two polyesters and oh no, I'm saying wool mm-hmm. because where I am it, it rains and the you know wool stay relatively warm in the rain. But also when it's minus 25 out or anything else, even if it's just uh, twilight and it cools down fast in any sort of climate, basically you're going to want to have a toot going unless you're hauling that Josh animal Greg, around. Do you know what a yeah, do you know what a toot is? <laughs> yeah, I I was honestly literally scanning the notes right here. I was like, "What is he talking about?" Yeah, I have no idea what so that is. Amer- so Americans generally call it a beanie. Right? Okay, like a, yeah, like a watch or like a watch cap. Uh, yeah, yep, yep. Okay, yeah. there you go. A wool watch cap. Oh, that sounds so weird. <laughs> oh no, 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 this Canadian <laughs> prepper podcast, not American <laughs> prepper podcast. Come on it's now, a to- it's, it's a toque. Toque. We'll, it's a We'll toque. tell you what it is, but it's a toque. Yep. It's a yeah. toque, and we wear it while we're oot in a boot. Yeah, do 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 boot it. We need our toque. <laughs> Me and Greg are totally taken over. So, well, well, if you're my grandma, it was a toque, and that was, uh, that was TV for that. I found that very entertaining. Yeah. So after you put on your toque, you're going to put on a headlamp over top of it because uh, uh, mm-hmm. what? When do ninety percent of good deer hits happen? Right around twilight, just you know, legally so, of course, but yep. just before it starts to get dark and they start to come out for the evening. You're gonna go and... with about half hour before sunset kind of deal. Yeah, and then all of a sudden bang. And yeah, you're gonna be dressing the animal in the dark probably, so flashlight. And mm-hmm. preferably headlamp style or a big lantern, I suppose you could do beside you if you really had to, but do you all use bit? uh cat eyes up there? We call them cat eyes down here for when you're in the woods. You need to find your way out and you don't you want to talk about the reflective uh yeah. straps. The, we, you know, the tacks that go on the trees and they yeah, you know, yeah. breadcrumb oh. your way out. 
There's yeah, my there's unit used to have them on the back of our ACHs and stuff too. Yeah, well, oh, that's a good idea. We don't have that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Kind of put the reflective little markers on trees as you go, and then you can mm-hmm. watch your way back out. Yep. Yeah, because oh, think neat. about it, you're carrying an additional field dressed animal of 150 yep. plus pounds. If you shoot a good one, you're going to want to get out of there quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and not, not have to backtrack. Where I hang with my buddies in the in southern the southern part of the province here, um, we do that during our scouting. We find like we, we put the tags on the trees um, in the fall, like before before season, so that we don't have to remember to do it when it's four in the morning. We're hiking out in there and we're all hung over and trying to get into the stand before sunup. Yes, that's, oh, that's a enough. really good idea. I like that idea. Then everybody kind of knows ways in and ways out, and you're not guessing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Good. So, uh, a tarp. Now, not just to you know to keep your delicate knees from getting damaged on the with the wet earth or anything else, but also doubles as a shelter. So, obviously, if you want to have your your game laid out on a tarp and it kind of work from there, so it doesn't get dirt and everything on the meat uh, or on the on the dressed animal, uh, you can also use it as emergency shelter. So that would make Darius happy. And, uh, yeah, just keeps the rain off as well. Mm-hmm. And game bags, obviously some way of transporting that meat without it getting, you know, I guess contaminated. It's kind of important. Yep. Yeah. There was not much point in shooting if you wanted, like, unless you want mm-hmm. to like, eat gravel with it. Um, so after your, you know, afterwards for your delicate little hands, you got to make sure you got some sort of uh, wipes. So you got to get your alcohol wipes or your paper towel, water, whatever. Don't, don't throw water in the animal. Generally, it's going to make things skanky, but, uh, yeah, water for your hands just to keep a you know keep the blood off so you don't look like you're a mass murderer when you come out of the bush. It's always a good idea. That's and, the fun part. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all the looks afterwards. It's like, yeah, what the heck? Yeah, so especially when you wipe your wipe your forehead when you're halfway through it or whatever. And you, yeah, the you line know. at the gas station just got a whole lot shorter. <laughs> it's like what 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 is someone said? Yeah, so uh, obviously the water it doubles as the the water that you're going to drink and uh, your snack water. Just try not to like wash your hands in that water, then drink it and just. Uh, you beat me to it. Yeah, I figure I just <laughs> clarify that right off the bat. Uh, unless you're in Red Dawn, in which case you're supposed to drink the blood of the animal that you shoot. I don't know. Uh, Listen, blood's a great source of iron. If you are anemic, then that's probably not a bad thing for you. Very true. Yeah, or if you're Patrick Swayze, you're just the coolest guy on the planet. Then in which case you're supposed to do these things. So I mean. He's not. I mean, he's probably pretty cool right now, but <laughs> he's definitely cool right now. Too soon. Too soon. Yeah, uh, never too soon. <laughs> I bet you he's still got a mullet too. <laughs> a, a glorious one, no less. But uh, yeah, five fifty cord for everything mm-hmm. from hanging animals to tying them to the, the stick. If you want to do the African carry type of thing, uh, obviously putting up your shelter. You know, tying or tying a splint to your leg, anything like five fifty cord. When do you not need it, right? And then the only thing I was going to throw into this conversation was the ouch pouch, which I'm sure Alan will expand upon greatly. Oh, yeah. There's like three different things we could just completely go off on in your list there. Yeah. So, yeah, feel free. I just uh, I was throw my two cents in there. Uh, I actually wasn't going to go off on that, but uh, a few band-aids, probably not a bad idea. Uh, a few pairs of gloves for all kinds of reasons. You put them on before you need them, ideally, and it'll help keep your hands clean rather than having to clean them afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um Couple of triangular bandages for the for the just in case moments, and duct tape because it will help prevent blisters if you have to hike it. Um, beyond that, up to your uh, up to your taste. 
But uh, a couple of things that I would have added to that uh, to that list. That's a great list. Um, I appreciate that your that your tourniquet is is right up on the top there. Um, I would add, of course, your uh, your wound packing gauze and your pressure dressings to that because sometimes um, sometimes a tourniquet is not indicated. Um, I throw some trail marking tape on that or the little retroreflective dots. And to to add on to your your uh, flashlight and headlight. Uh, or, or headlight is a purple light because it shows up blood really well if you're tracking in the dark. Hmm. Um, the That's other thing point. I have trail marking tape for is marking my last known point when I'm tracking. So if I find a blood smear and I have to track an animal, then I can make that. I can mark that spot. I go off. If I can't find it, I can come back to that spot and try again. Um, and then my last, the last thing that I would have would be dry socks. Uh, and that's just one of those one of those moments that I that I experienced. I was trying to get through a thicket um, to follow some tracks, and ended up knee deep in a marsh, which made for a really really uncomfortable morning sitting around the stand in like minus minus two or three or just below freezing again for the Americans, just below freezing weather. Uh, I was just wet and cold and uncomfortable. So a couple of a pair of dry socks would have uh, would have been really nice for that. It's funny what a pair of dry socks will solve. Just about everything. Dry socks yep. and motor, right, boys? You got dry socks and Motrin. You you can you can cure cancer. You can take over the world. Sounds like a navy corner. Uh, exactly. Like, you can do anything. You're Hulk at that point. <laughs> oh boy. So with uh with my list, I'm uh, starting off with the whiskey and beer. Got to pack that. Just requirement. So that's just for when you miss and you know you've, you're sad and you you go back to camp and you got to do something. It's just time you got to warm up. You got to thin blood a little bit. Or after you've got the deer, and now you're having a little celebration. Now we have two personalities right here: we or half glass full, half glass empty type of folks. <laughs> or if you cut yourself, you can sterilize the wound. Oh, lest you become Jack Daniels, as we were talking about before the show. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure that Ian is trying to refer back to one of our earlier episodes where we talked about hunting and both of us, uh, yeah, failed miserably. Yeah, yeah, completely failed miserably. So yes, the, the whiskey and beer was pulled out for that. But uh, yeah, it could be pulled out for both scenarios. Uh, similar to what everybody else has already said, um, a little uh, personal first aid kit is an absolute requirement with some tourniquets. Um, I always carry around a, a little IFAC with uh, some, some tourniquets, uh, some quick clot. Um, that's a, a, an everyday carry thing for me. I just take it and make sure it's in the truck with me when we go. Um, Ian already uh, stomped my parade here, radios. That's <laughs> shocking for me. Uh, but, but actually, uh, just yeah. let's, let's go deep into that for one second. Yeah, here. sure. Yeah. Uh, Game uh, on. yeah, UHF, VHF. What do you think uh, for the bush? Uh, so we go with um, the FRS, which I believe is UHF. It's UHF, yeah. So um, that's what we run with, and we've had nothing but good luck with it. Um, normally with the little Baofangs on 5 watts. Don't tell uh, Don't tell. I Allegedly. Just, Allegedly. Just, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, that's what we run with is just FRS. Um, and it, it's worked perfectly for us. But we're not usually all that far away from each other. Yeah. Uh, that works the best for us, but others will obviously vary depending on your train and your area of operation. Uh, if you can talk everybody in your group to get uh, ham licensed, then you can all chat on the ham repeaters. That'd be awesome because then you can go pretty much any distance you want um, within reason, but you're probably looking at at least 50K at that point, which it should be good enough for a hunt. Um, but yeah, we just find that the FRS is, is good. And, but I thought and, uh, there's, so we get everybody. Uh, 
I thought these little Walmart blister pack Motorola's can go 22 <laughs> miles. Hey, they, they can <laughs> if one guy is standing on the top of a mountain and the other guy is standing at the bottom. We got a direct line of sight to each other. Oh, that's how that works. <laughs> that's how that works, yo. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like uh, yeah. So, real quick, we got a, a guy in the uh, comments oh. um, asking about the best way to get a. Uh, a hunting slash fishing license. Um, I don't know where you're at. So I know a lot of uh, U.S. states, they even have a, an app. Like you can just get on your phone. You've got your hunter's safety tracking record stuff, you know, uh, from your class whenever you got it. And you can literally just buy your license or whatever. Uh, you can schedule if you're on a, a, a WMA um, you can do all that right there on your phone, and it's it's all recorded right there. So you can keep your phone in your bag, keep it in a dry bag, of course. Um, and it's super easy. I don't know where you're at, like I said. Um, Yo, the vast vast majority of our land is out of Selka service for one. Yeah. So it's problem number one. But uh, every province has a, its own course, but uh, for like upland game and, and, and large game, you have to get a hunter course under your belt, which we'll talk about later during the podcast challenge. Mm -hmm. But uh, for actually saltwater fishing and freshwater fishing, you actually don't need a course. You just pay the, the government fee for your permission slip. And most of it's done online now ahead of time. And uh, you can fish right away. Uh, but hunting is going to require uh, basically a weekend of your time to get squared away and, and get a, uh, a course under your belt. So long story short, eventually everything gets done online once you get the hunter course under your belt. Yeah. For okay. So y'all pretty much have it the same way that that we're set up here. We we also have to go through a safety course as well, um, and then, like I said, most states now have have a general app where you can have pull everything up right there. Um, one thing I do recommend: you are going to be in the woods, like you said, you know. So your big your big hunts, you're not going to have cell service. Pull it up before you before you lose all your uh, your signal screenshot all that so you've got it right there you can go into your pictures and it's all right there for you know yeah. whatever game warden or whatever interestingly enough they changed the law here in bc that uh, the only thing you have to do is provide the nine digit number for your hunter license and they have basically ipads with everything preloaded for everybody in bc uh so that if as long as you provide the number they can tell exactly what tags you have and what your license is and everything else and so you don't have to nice. produce a license or anything now um yeah, no, so no, it's not in the states. They they yeah. have it on you because you also, it also comes with your your tags, and if you don't tag it where it dies, you get fined. Yeah, yeah. No, we have we have tags as well, but generally it's like uh, everything's associated with your hunter number anyway. So for like upland game, like you know grouse and stuff, there's no no tags, of course. So uh, yeah. just the larger stuff. And since uh, Mark's mentioned here, he's in Ontario. Uh, I threw a link in the uh, the live chat here. It's a huntandfishontario.com. That's where you can go and buy your fishing license. So you can do it all online. Uh, like we've already mentioned, there's no course or anything you have to go through for that. You just got to pay the fee and they mail you your outdoors card with, uh, with your license on there for fishing. And then it's the same setup for hunting, but you need to go through and do the safety course first. Uh, and then they'll add on the appropriate um, licenses and, and such to that card. But it all starts at uh, huntandfishontario.com where you apply for your outdoors card. And then you start going through the various processes. But fishing, it, you just pay the money. Hunting, you got to do the course first. 
Yeah, there is actually sub animals uh, that are called Schedule B animals here in, in my province. Anyway, that uh, basically you don't need a hunting license to hunt uh, because they're considered invasive or pests, and uh, which case you can basically just go free for all on them, um, which is kind of interesting. Like uh, everything from uh, crows to European rabbits to a bunch of this stuff is like, yeah, if you can tag them, go for it. Uh, but yeah, it just depends on the animal type. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so long long story short of it, check your regulations for your various uh, province or if you're in the states, your various states, because, uh, of course, they're all different for depending on where you're located, just to make things interesting. Yep. Uh, next up on my list, because we've kind of beaten licenses to death, because that was next up after radios, but uh, a good pair of boots. I don't think anybody's mentioned that yet, but a good pair of boots that's going to kind of get you uh, get you around and keep you warm. Is uh, you don't want to be wearing your your ratty running shoes with a bunch of holes in them, they're gonna fall apart quick and you're gonna be hurting. So, well, I'll mention that Ellen. I'll mention that pre-show. I think just about the, the, the having the good boots, but um, mm-hmm. that's one thing I forgot to mention. But what I did for preps, I picked up those two pairs of surplus Gore-Tex boots, oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah, specifically for the rain season because of that, mm-hmm. you want to have those dry feet. So you don't just sit there and be miserable all day long. But yep. yeah, I mean, if you can splurge just get something that's either you know waterproof heavily water resistant dubbed up whatever like some way to keep it uh, your feet dry it's that's huge right and wear them in before you go hunting don't wear them in on the hunt idea yeah 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 do do a couple sorry Sorry, one of the other good ideas for or good reasons for the hiking boots is traction you're you're out there where it's it's going to be muddy it's going to be slippery it's you know, the last thing you want is something that's got crappy tread and you find yourself at the bottom of a ravine somewhere. Well, or, to, you know, like Alan was mentioning with the duct tape, like to discover that it gives you a blister on the upper right side of your right foot, uh, you know, 10 minutes into your walk. It's like, oh, well, that just ruined my entire weekend. Yep. It's never good. So, yeah, good pair of boots for sure. Uh, and then I, uh, I added a couple of things to my list here for back at camp once uh, the hunt's done for the day. Um, I have started bringing just for entertainment purposes and because why not my portable HF rigs, because why not practice setting them up in a, another location? Uh, the more times I take them out, set them up and break them down this, the more I learn. And, uh, it's something to kind of kill some time in the evening, uh, a deck of cards as well. Some loose change, maybe get a couple of rounds of poker going or something. Uh, well, I thought I have to whiskey then, at strip poker. Well, if, if that's what happens at the camp, stays at the camp. So That's the infantry motto. That's just the, that's way, right. the way it is. <laughs> well, doesn't Grand Thumb always say that you go tip to butt, just like the Navy or something like that? Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, the mobile HF rig, that's actually a really good point because when I lived up north, uh, because there's usually large groups hunting uh, for the local villages and stuff, they would actually use the mobile HF rig to uh, huh. to coordinate the hunt, and you know because the caribou herds would like migrate and go all over the place, right? And oh, so cool. they kind of uh, use that to coordinate beyond line of sight distance, uh, yep. because yeah, just the VHF wouldn't cut it. And uh, yeah, it was interesting to see. Like I'd never actually. I think it's probably my first introduction to to real HF usage. But, huh. That's actually kind of an interesting way of using. It. I didn't think about that. I just had it as kind of an entertainment kind of. Th- type of thing in the downtime but uh yeah you could use it if you're tracking large herds and over large distances yeah that's really good point, in, actually in virginia when they're uh pushing deer and bear with dogs because they run they're allowed to run dogs down there to push nice cool i got another use for them <laughs> we don't hunt in areas that big so mm. i'll just keep it for entertainment uh, we've already said flashlights um some toilet paper you know 
or leaves in the bush, whichever you choose. But dude, what? I figured that'd be a good one to to pack. And I'll uh, I'll leave it at that. That's my list. I really don't have much to add to what everybody else has said. Um, obviously, uh, you're out hunting and with a firearm and saw other people, and depending on their level of safety or whether they give a crap or not or whatever, um, you know, like like somebody said, oh, there's a rustling in the bush, I'll just shoot. Um, so it's not a bad idea, you know, to have your, your first aid kit. I put the quick cloud in there, Eric mentioned it. Um, yeah, you. we've said radios, and I, I did say if they're not in an area of cell coverage, um, have another mode of communication, a sat phone, maybe a spot unit, something like that. Uh, and I put down, um, carry some water or a way to purify the water, a Sawyer, a Berkey, something like that, and some snacks. All right. Um, I guess I'll just roll into mine. Sure, go for it. Not not much really changed from mine from everybody else's. It's just the typical stuff that you carry. The only thing additional that I didn't put it in my notes here was uh so in the military uh, beans, bullets, bad guys, and bandages, right? So gotta have batteries for the flashlights. You gotta have beans, which is food. You gotta have bullets for the gun or arrows, and you gotta have animal, right? Um, also, uh, hunter safety orange, which is required during gun season here not during bow season but i still carry it with me because if you do get in those remote locations you can also use it as a vs 17 panel uh which is a type of signaling device for if they pull out the aircraft to search for you uh because from the sky if they have nods uh they can see your fire and other people can see the panels and and where to go me having an aviation background and being medevac uh doing those search and rescue missions uh, hoisting and all that stuff. Uh, it, it, it's a big help knowing your signaling devices as well uh, while you're out there. So that way you can say point an arrow to where you're at, all that kind of stuff. But that's just a little bit more that I carry. No, that's a good point with the Hunter Orange. It's a requirement here as well um, during rifle season um, to be wearing the Hunter Orange. But um, yeah, use it as a signaling device. That's uh, yeah, a really good idea. Yeah, it's funny how the promises all change around, like uh, between crossbow usage and blazed orange and everything else. Like, yeah, we're no, we can use crossbows and no orange here, but yet the next province over is complete opposite. And it's, uh, yeah, it's funny how they all have different opinions on that, depending on the government, I guess. But yep. uh, Darius did mention bear mace, but here, mm -hmm. well, we have bear tags and the means to use them. So <laughs> we don't really, we're not trying to deter them or scare them away. We're actually trying to draw them in. Yeah, well, I guess it depends on what you're hunting, right? Yeah, well, we can't shoot grizzlies here anymore, right? So that's one yeah. thing. It's, it's uh, uh, only certain groups can. So it's uh, unfortunately, uh, yeah, not a thing. Yeah. yeah, it's always a good thing to to carry. If uh, if you're not hunting bear, then yeah, some way to get rid of them if you don't want them around. But yeah, um, yeah you also mentioned here like a, a shelter kit with some spare paracord. I think we've kind of covered that off. Um, Brad brings up yeah. a, the most important one. He does. The most important point of the I can't believe none <laughs> of us had it on our list. Can openers. It's already yeah, on my keychain. I don't need it on my list. NKP mentions, yeah, the small port uh, portable mm -hmm. stool. That's, that's true, yeah. I mean, if you yep. have a log or whatever to sit on, it's like, yeah, it's sometimes 
the train doesn't allow for it, right? So those little triangular ones, I guess, that fold up nicely. Um, I've cool. literally got one set up in a corner right here. <laughs> yeah. I carry one of those uh, heater like seats, like a little, little cushion little pad. Blind and all yeah. Awesome. Uh, I'll uh, I'll go into mine. So sure. for my hunting, ADC is going to be pretty pretty basic. Uh, it's like self-explanatory, just like everybody else's. Uh, it's going to be uh, food, water, shelter, fire, uh, extra pair of clothes, a trauma kit, and a boo boo kit. Um, one thing that I'm really surprised nobody said anything about chest seals. Oh, good point. That's true. If, yep. we're, if we're talking about getting shot, our our biggest area that we can be hit is going to be our torso. So um, if we can not have to make an improvised chest seal, uh, definitely definitely better to have a, an actual chest seal yep. uh, in a yeah, situation I, I like carry, that. I carry one in my IFAC, and I completely yep. forgot to list it. Yep. Yep. Uh, right. I've, got, I've got some... Uh, pretty much the same setup that I have in my IFAC when I was, uh, when I was in, uh, plus a little bit more, but I've got a little pack that has my boo-boo kit and my trauma kit right there all in one. Uh, my trauma kit's going to be super basic. I'll have a tourniquet on me, a second one in my kit, a chest seal, an Israeli bandage and some quick clot. Israeli um, bandage. That's another good one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I also carry a nasal pharyngeal. Just yeah, I've got one of those too. <laughs> I to use it, so it's one of those things. It's like I haven't had to use it, but if I do, I've got that and the jelly to go with it. Yep. Um, well, so, I think it's also important, like I guess, for all the non non hunter types out there. There's plenty of preppers that don't hunt, right? And uh, you know, we carry on about the first aid supplies so much here, but it's not that we're accident prone per se. But uh, it was a pretty famous case in Ontario, I think, was it five, six years ago, where uh, one of our NHL hockey players, he just retired from the NHL, and he was uh, out hunting, and he shot a guy out of a tree stand. I think that was Dick Cheney. I thought he was a quail. <laughs> yeah, he shot him in the face with a shotgun. That's like completely different. This, this guy from like a couple hundred yards away shot a guy out of a tree stand because he thought it was a deer, and it was like, oh, boy. And so, like, you never know what's coming out of the blue, right? Like, wow. and I've think, never I seen think, a flying deer. Yeah, but I, I think he actually, he actually killed the guy too, which I, I'm pretty sure. And so I was like, oh my lordy! But yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. You never know what's going to happen out there. Yeah, yeah. We don't always pack our first aid stuff because of the people we're going out with. It's the people we're going out hunting not with. Yeah. Well, yeah, the adjacent hunters, like, because you yeah. never know. I've seen some yahoos on on some of these smaller islands too that was I was out hunting on, and. I was like, wherever they are, we were going to the opposite side of the yeah. island. Just, yeah. Yep. Yeah. They basically had a door gunner for their, their truck. And I was like, <laughs> oh boy. Yikes. Those are some aggressive deer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to touch base on a couple things I said. Like, if you'll notice, I, I put, you know, a shelter kit, fire kit, water kit. Um, that's going to be individual specific. Like, for me, I don't like just have i'm not going to say like oh well go get a big lighter and a magnifying glass no use your your you know your met tc like we talked about before um have your redundancies 
um, have gear that you've used before you're familiar with and uh, just be familiar with what's good for you in case you have to use it. The time to, to learn how to use a specific item is not going to be when you need it. Like, so again, you're saying we should be on. prepared? Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> We should know how to use our equipment. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Unger brings up a good point in the live chat here as well to, uh, to have a good bag to carry everything in. Yeah. So I can, I can point out a couple or I can suggest a couple different ones on a lower end as well as a higher end Um, or not really higher end, but uh, a, a good quality one either way. Um, the field line pro series uh, like the the canyon packs or really any of them they're super affordable um, they usually have a sling mount or a sling on them um, they come with a lifetime warranty like I think I paid $22 for my uh, field line canyon pack and um I also have a Cabela's brand that has a rifle sling on it, but it goes up the center, whereas my field line goes off to the side. And both are are really well made. Um, the Cabela's, though, is a little bit better quality, of course, but it's also $150. So <laughs> um, which, try it. Which is about 500 Canadian? <laughs> um, uh, Rock and Ryan Olson's got a good point in the live chat here about uh, a compass might be a good idea. Yeah, I don't think any of us mentioned that. Well, no. Terry mentioned it as well good, there, good and then Terry got yeah. in there right after. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I have one with me all the time, even at work. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like in my bag, like a personal compass. And so I guess I just don't even think about it anymore. It's just, it's always kind of. I got a spare yeah. one in the hunting bag. I got a spare one everywhere. Same. And, it's plus, just kind of like second nature at this point. The, yeah, plus the iPhone, plus the yeah. maps.me, plus, plus, plus. So it's like uh, the backroads map books. I don't know if they have them in the States, but you can buy mm-hmm. specific backroads map yeah. that show like not highways, but forestry roads and stuff. Yeah. And so those things are worth their weight in gold too. But uh, but yeah, they're just sitting in the truck all the time. So Another one uh, that talking about maps uh, that I want to talk about is it's an app and if you have the service you know wonderful um and the best scenario you know if you're lost in the woods or injured or something if search and rescue comes along there's an app called uh what three words i believe yeah we've mentioned it a few times yeah okay oh yeah um yeah. <laughs> uh that's a good one as well i'm sure there's others um i'm not familiar with them red app there you can yep. see that everybody yep. uses those things right yeah it's it's pretty widely used now <laughs> yeah. uh, especially emergency service wide they yeah uh, they've got set up for that and uh, do you want to run through what it is greg or uh yeah so pretty much what it is it's it's just a gps and what it does is once you uh basically you call for help uh they'll have you pull up your your what three words and Basically, you're given these three words. You give it to the uh, search and rescue. They put it in, and it syncs your phones so that your search and rescue or your emergency response, whatever, 
um, has a direct line to you. It's going to, if you pass out, you can't talk to them. You can't, you know, kind of tell them what you're by. If you can at least get that much, again, those three words can be everything that or from just helping you out of the woods to saving your life, you know? Yeah. Um, but again, it, it just creates a GPS, uh, pretty much a walking app directly yeah. to you through the woods. So yeah, what's, yeah, up, what's happened is Dave, um, go ahead, Jeff. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It's, oh, it, it. it basically breaks down the world into three meter squares. So, I mean, if, if, if you've got it, I didn't, uh, I wasn't aware that it syncs to the dispatch. I mean, you, you put in where you are, it'll pop up on the blue, blue dot. You hit it. It'll give you the three words. You tell the dispatch your three words. They've got the computer program. They type in the three words and they've got your, your exact location. Like I said, within, within a, a three meter square. So it's shockingly accurate too. Yeah. So each of those three by three meter squares gets three words assigned to it and that's covers the entire world. And then the database knows what three words are in that square and then it geolocates to that square and they know exactly where you are. It's a a really neat setup. Yeah. And that's why we harp on, on people who are lost. Once we've made contact with you, stay put. We know where you are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You've given us your three words. If you wander off, and yeah, if, you your three, if your three three words have changed, they don't know where you are now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they're not following the blood trail at that point. Hopefully <laughs> not. No, but but yeah, good app to have. There's all kinds of different things you can have for uh, for being found, but that's a fantastic resource. Uh, so yeah, be familiar with that. And yeah, um, the, like Terry had mentioned there, have a map with you. Uh, Rock and Ryan Olson mentioned have a compass, and Terry mentioned it as well. Great things to have, and ha- have an exit strategy if things go bad. So they don't. A um, couple more things that I wanted to uh, touch on. So if you're, uh, it was Josh that talked about the co- the cat eyes. Yep. So every so many cat eyes, another thing you could do, depending on how, how far in, of course, you're going. You know, if you're going, you know, 20 miles in, you know, that's a, that's a hell of a haul. But um, every few cat eyes, you know, crack a chem light. Hang it up. Oh, those things are going to be, yeah. <laughs> you know, those, depending on which one, I think it's the the white ones last about eight hours. The green ones last about 12. Um, so if you're at that point, you know, you can, you can at least see your way, you know, out. That's a good point too. So, and if nothing else, you can see, you know, every so many, but you can see ahead. Yep. So if you can't see the next tree or figure out which way to go, you can't see the trail, your batteries die, you, your other ones fell out, you know, your chem lights can also be used for signaling, uh, make uh, uh, foxtail, um, flaming rock, whatever you got to do, you know. Um, but, yeah. Good point. So. I like it. Mm-hmm. Anybody on the panel have anything else to add to the list or anything that we've forgotten? I don't think so. No. Well, with that, I'll we think about by? something after we get off here. <laughs> I'm sure you will. That's, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what our next episode is for. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move to the podcast challenge, shall we? All right. Uh, for the podcast challenge this week, I mean, like I mentioned before, not every prepper is a hunter uh, and vice versa. So 
it might be worth your while just to complete the provincial hunter education course in, in your local area, even if you're not planning to hunt. And the reason being is that it uh, works for us in the fact that it might straight, strengthen the case for gun ownership by the uh, pumping up the hunter numbers a bit. Uh, also aids in your own personal wildlife knowledge uh, because it talks about everything from, uh, you know, carrying capacity to where to find animals and animal recognition and so on and so on. And uh, chances are you're probably going to meet people that are like-minded. So I think it's, it's worth your yeah. time, even if you have no intention to hunt, just to go ahead and take the course. Yeah, it's another, it's another way to kind of learn something different. And yeah, like Ian said, even if you don't plan on going out and hunting anything, you learn a whole lot about how things work and where certain animals will be and how to find them and yeah, it's worthwhile to go and and yeah you'll definitely run into some like-minded individuals as well it's a good idea uh upcoming events i have a question did anybody actually go to tacom last week nope not me nope no i think uh, andrew and the guys from the other cpp were there but i don't yeah i don't think any of us did so nope interesting uh, and then uh, Alan's got in here, uh, first responder and uh, EMR level first aid in London starting October the 8th uh, for either uh, four or nine days, depending on your level. Uh, register at pulsepointcanada.com. Uh, Alan may or may not be making an appearance. It depends on whether or not he identifies as Ian or Alan on those days. You know, so I showed up and he immediately left. That was so weird. <laughs> that is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Birds aren't real. <laughs> all right hey. Jeff, you got a weather blurb yeah i got a couple of things going on right now um even though the hurricane season has been fairly uh non-existent there is one uh, good hurricane going on right now fiona uh and uh, it made a direct hit on puerto rico uh, last word is the uh, whole island is without power i mean they have a pretty fragile uh, grid to begin with and it's not uncommon to have power outages there but to have the whole island completely uh, go dark is a little out of the ordinary shall we say. Um, The government uh, claims that they have enough food rations to feed 200,000 people three meals a day for 20 days. The problem is the population is 1.4 million so Obviously, not everybody's going to need rations, and hopefully there's there's people there that have got food stores and whatever, but um, if it's really, really bad, they're, they're going to be feeding more than 20,000 or 200,000 people, so uh, it's not going to last 20 days. Hopefully, their airport isn't that badly damaged. They can get some flights in with water and some kind of food rations or whatever, so I've thrown a link in there for Mackie Weather. Um if there's any good news out of that, uh, the hurricane's expected to veer to the north. It'll uh, brush Cuba on the east side and run up the shore, but it probably will uh, miss the continental United States. You may get some outlying bands of maybe some wind and some minor rain, but uh, they're not calling for anything serious out of that. On the other side of the, uh, the states, after a long, hot, and dry summer, Uh, Northern California is uh, about to see some much needed rain and cooler temperatures. Of course, the danger with that is they've had so many fires that um, the ground has been stripped of vegetation and everything else, and there's nothing to hold the rain back. So again, flash flooding is always a concern in those areas. Fair enough. And we wait for the snow. 
Just a quick, <laughs> do some quick uh, napkin math there. So uh, basically, yeah, they got three meals for the entire population for like not quite three days. So they didn't even yep. follow their own advice and have a seventy-two hour kit for the for the population. So, yeah. so <laughs> yeah. there, my uh, my aviation, one of my sister units is actually the Puerto Rico National Guard. They're huh. uh, they're there uh, constantly. They actually just we were actually just on deployment and got off deployment in January. So they're back home now. And they have the full medevac units. They have the full assault units, uh, and they're up and running down there, uh, working full steam. Interesting thing about a lot of those islands, like I don't know about Puerto Rico, because I mean it's it's a bigger island, right? And San Juan might not be the only one, but a lot of them only have one airport. So if it's damaged, they're kind of SOL, right? So, I mean, I'm hoping they got. They have uh, they have th- two. They have one international, and then they have the auxiliary uh, national guard, which. I think you can land uh, G3 on. Okay. So, yeah, like, it'd be interesting to see because, like, yeah, most of the smaller islands will definitely have one airport, in which case, yeah, if it gets flooded or damaged, they're completely out of luck. So. All right, deal of the week. Yeah, so uh, on the hunting theme, uh, I know people are going to poo-poo it a lot, but uh, <laughs> the Charles Daly shot, uh, Turkish shotguns are on sale at 10 to Canada. Uh, which is, trust me, a Parapone's basic budget shotgun line. But when you can get a semi-automatic 20-gauge shotgun for like 250 bucks right now, and I think a single-shot 12-gauge for 130 um, if it's the barrier to entry is the, the cost of the hunting rifle and stuff, maybe if you're just getting to a small game or something, it might be worth checking out because you're not going to get any cheaper than that. No, not, I, even, I can... not even used. I can attest to those, Charles Daly. I actually own one uh, in a 12-gauge semi-auto, the tactical version. Uh, yeah, I've, got, I've got actually got a few Charles Daly myself, and I don't mind them. Like, I mean, are they perfect? No. And are they, they high-end? No. But They're reliable. Yeah, I, call, and, I call them a brush gun, so if you beat it, yeah. drop it, whatever, throw it away, get it on. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't feel bad if it gets a scratch on it. And, uh, yeah, like I, I haven't got a whole lot of money invested in it. And, yeah, they go boom every time I pull the trigger. So, yeah. hey. Good what more can you ask for? Yeah. No. I will say, like, uh, I'm not sure. You said it was the single shots? Right now, we've got, uh, they've got everything, like, they've got the entire line on pretty much on some sort of discount. But right now, the, the big sale is the uh, the 20 gauge semis. Uh, okay. The, uh, on the, the, uh, single shots, though, I do want to say for anybody, like, if you're looking at that to just basically entry level, don't go with the 12 gauge. Uh, that's the same company. I'm pretty sure like they they contract that out. The 12 gauge is going to hurt. Um well, it, it'll definitely it'll shoot every time, don't get me wrong. But I would adapt for a 20 gauge because one, if you can handle a 12 gauge, you can handle a 20 gauge better. Um and two, it's it's not going to hurt. That single shot on those is going to hurt. I promise. Well, they're all uh, they're all expired uh, copies of because the i guess the uh, the patent expired on the old beretta 412s i think it was mm-hmm. and so they just uh, they copied the old beretta model and yeah they're they're meant to be light which of course physics works against yeah. you at that point uh so i just put a, a recoil pad on mine and it's fine yeah but I, i'm a delicate soul you ain't so. shooting a three and a half inch <laughs> shell you ain't nothing yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man hey let's move in the shout outs anybody uh, I got one. So, sure. um, my buddy Lucas Brown, the man that got me into ham radio while we were in Korea with uh, Third ID, 
uh, he's getting out. He is literally two days away from going back to his everyday life, going towards the, uh, the police academy. Big shout out to him. Best of luck. Um, you know, best wishes, man. And we'll, we'll keep in touch. We'll, we'll definitely, definitely meet up again. So nice. Anyone else? All right. Well, shout out to everybody for letting me here. Let me be here. Yeah. Hey, welcome to your first episode. I'm sure you'll be back for a few more. Oh, yeah. So I'll bring episode number 177 of the Canadian Prepper podcast to an end. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or of course, your favorite podcast app. Please help us out. Take a second, submit a review. It does help other people find us. If you want to get a hold of Alan, who has mysteriously disappeared, you can email him at Alan, that's Alan with one L, at prepperpodcast.ca. And we do record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. So if you want an early peek at the shows, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast, and click on the notification, so the notifications tab. That gives you an alert when we're going live. You can contact me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca or I'm uh, frequently on the Discord. Uh, yeah, you can reach me at inspiredveteran at gmail.com or Discord. Um, I can answer a lot of questions you all have. Um, but that's the best way to reach me at Discord or email since it goes right to my cellular device. Awesome sauce. Uh, well, you can reach Ian directly by emailing me at theislandretreat at gmail.com. You can also find my Canadian Patriot podcast on iTunes and YouTube. We record Monday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern. And that's pretty much about it for me for social media now because I am uh, <laughs> I am not in the Discord chat for both CPPs. I, I don't know nope. if it was the uh, the AI or somebody got sent in their vagina and complained. But uh, I got banned. <laughs> I, got, uh, I got banned for life off Discord. That's, uh, that's Yeah, that's a new record for you. Yeah, that's, wow. that's impressive, yeah. guys. Not even a warning, not even a, no. like a, a violation no. or a strike, just straight to ban for life. So yeah. tell you what, buddy, I'll make life. you a Discord down here in the states, and I'll give you the username and password, and you can log <laughs> <There> in. <you go. laughs> yeah, the old VPN special. Yeah. So uh, on that note, if you want to go to Discord, which I, I would highly recommend, it actually is, has a good purpose. Uh, email Eric if you want to invite. And yeah, it must be nice guys to be on Discord all the time. So I've put a link in the live chat a few times this evening. So if anyone's looking for it, it's there. And I'll put it in the show notes as well when we publish this uh, this audio version. Cool. And Greg, where can everybody find you? Oh, my apologies. Uh, you can hit me up at uh, crossrifleranch at gmail.com or you can holler at me on Discord as well. Hello. <laughs> Uh, you can uh, reach me at rapidsurvival.com on the live chat. You can also email me at uh, feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Uh, and st- uh, thanks for joining us in- this evening. If I could talk, holy joy. Uh, <laughs> until next time, be prepared, stay safe. And keep learning. <laughs>